The Guardian. Guardian Children's Book Podcast, and I'm Lauren St. John, the author of the One Dollar Horse series. The One Dollar Horse series includes The One Dollar Horse, Race the Wind, and Firestorm, which came out on March the 6th. And the series is about Casey Blue, who's 15 years old at the start, and she lives in East London. She lives in a really awful towel block, and her dream, actually like mine, is to have a horse It seems so unlikely because her father is a former burglar who's kind of um, just got out of jail and um, she lives in this really rough neighbourhood in Hackney and she volunteers at a rundown riding school but it seems impossible that she'll ever achieve her dream of winning badminton until one day she and her father rescue a horse uh, from a knacker's yard. So I'm going to read you a piece from Firestorm which is the third book in the trilogy. The first person Casey saw when she approached the warm-up area was Kyle West. He was wearing fawn breeches and a close-fitting blue jumper that hugged his finely muscled frame. It was hard to believe that it wasn't calculated for effect. Yet there was something boyish and vulnerable in the way he swept his sun-streaked fringe from his eyes. He grinned at her as she reined in Roxy. Just the person I was thinking of. It's becoming a habit, you know, thinking about you. 28 days, Casey advised. What for? That's how long it takes to make or break a habit. 28 days. He laughed. Are you honestly telling me that I haven't crossed your mind at least once since we met? Not even in your dreams? Casey's face grew hot. She leaned over the other side of Roxy and pretended to be checking a stirrup leather. I'm not telling you anything at all. I'm thinking about my horse and my test. Nothing else. Quite right, too. If I were your teacher, I wouldn't have it any other way. Speaking of teachers, here comes yours. Mind introducing me? Perhaps it was just the washed-out light of the overcast day, but Mrs Smith's skin looked almost translucent as she walked up. She and Casey had barely spoken since the awful argument in the car. Casey had done her best to make up for what she said, and Mrs Smith had been coolly professional, but they both knew that something had been broken. Casey straightened in the saddle. Angelica Smith, meet Kyle West. Kyle, meet Mrs Smith. You two should have a lot in common, so I'll leave you to it. I'm off to put Roxy through her paces. She glanced pleadingly at her teacher. Any last-minute advice? Plenty, but I'll stick to one simple tip. Roxy isn't Storm. Remember that, and you'll be fine. As Casey rode away, Kyle turned to Mrs Smith. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. I've been curious about you for quite some time. Mrs Smith's gaze followed Casey. She gave no sign that she had heard. Carl leaned nearer. I mean, as a teacher, you're in a dream situation. You have a pupil who is not yet 18, yet already she's breaking records that have stood since the sport was invented. With the right help, the world is her oyster. And you're implying what exactly, Mr West? I'm not implying anything. I'm only saying that Casey represents the future of eventing. 21st century riders need 21st century solutions. Modern methods. The wind was getting up and a gust came at them with unexpected force. Mrs Smith clutched at the paddock rail for support. The remaining colour drained from her face and she gave a little gasp. 
Kyle frowned. Are you okay? Can I get you a chair? With immense effort, Mrs. Smith recovered her poise. Whatever for? So you can sit down. You seem faint or sick. I'm perfectly well, Mr. West. Never better. Would you like me to get you a trolley? What for? In case you need help with your enormous ego. He laughed. Touché. Mrs. Smith didn't smile. If you'll excuse me, I have work to do. As she moved away, a man took her place at Kyle's side. A childhood accident had left his face with a peculiarly mashed appearance, as if all the character had been pummeled out of it. Over the years, Ray Cook had learned that the best way to divert attention from his looks was to move, dress and talk in a way that allowed him to blend into the background. Being a non-entity had proved so useful that Ray had actively cultivated it. People could spend months with him and afterwards find themselves unable to describe him, other than to say he was of medium height and build and had brown hair and eyes. They recalled that there was something odd about him, but couldn't say exactly what. Ray spoke seldom, and when he did, his voice was quiet and had no identifiable accent. I think you might have met your match in Mrs. Smith. Kyle didn't turn his head. Anyone watching the pair from a distance would have assumed the men were strangers. Oh, please. If I thought I couldn't take on an old woman, I'd hang up my boots today. Maybe you should. That old woman, as you so disrespectfully refer to her, has probably forgotten more about riding than you'll ever know. Kyle's eyes narrowed. He watched Casey practising her rein back and noted that, despite the fact that a couple of former Olympians were warming up, a sizable majority of watchers were glued to Casey's every move. Kyle wondered what Casey's opinion of him would be had she heard the conversation he had had with Ray on the way to Selperton Park earlier that morning. Ray interrupted his thoughts. Come on, Kyle. Let's not waste time winding each other up when we have business to attend to. Casey Blue is about to start the dressage and I don't want to miss it. After that, I'll buy you a coffee and we'll figure out what to do next. Whether you like it or not, we need each other. Thank you, Lauren. I've got some questions for you from some of our members who are mega fans. They're questions from Cook on the Bright Side and Noggin. Um, But I'm going to be asking them on, on their behalf. So... First of all, how did you come up with the story of Casey buying poor Storm for just one dollar in the first book? I really love horses and when I was growing up I had eight horses and since I've lived in London I've had no horse and it's really hard for me and I'm the sort of person that runs up to police horses in the street and kisses them. That's how desperately I want a horse. So I could totally relate to the idea of a girl living in London and having a dream to have a horse and not being able to have one. And obviously she's very poor and her father's um, very poor, so there's no way they could afford to have a horse, let alone keep a horse. So I just had this idea, what if you actually uh, bought a horse for next to nothing, you know? And the tragedy, actually, of speaking of $1 horses is in America, they sell wild Mustangs for a dollar. And I think I find that heartbreaking, really heartbreaking, because nobody wants them. And they round them up on these horrendous captures. They run them until they're absolutely exhausted for hours on end. And then they put them in these massive corrals and they just sit there in these corrals. For There's like 38,000 in corrals and there's about the same number in the wild. It's really a heartbreaking situation. They try to get people to take them, so they sell them off for a dollar if you want one. But. Either of the characters, Laura Marlin from your other series, or Casey Blue, based on you when you were a girl? 
No, they're not. I've actually never based any of my characters on me or anybody else I know. But the thing is, I can relate so strongly to those people. Probably particularly Martine in my White Giraffe series, which is about a girl who's sent to uh, live in Africa. She's sent to live on a a game reserve in Africa and where she discovers she has a gift for healing animals. And when I was growing up, I grew up on a 100-acre game reserve. And we used to rescue animals all the time, and some of them we couldn't save. We we rescued lots of orphaned and injured wildlife. And I always used to pray. I so wished that I could have a gift to save, save animals. So, Martine, I can. But also, when I was growing up, I had a horse called Morningstar, and he was absolutely my best friend when I was growing up. And I can 100% relate to the feelings Casey has for Storm because that's how I felt about my horse when I was growing up. You really write about how complex horses are and they how they have really different personalities. For example, Storm compared to Lady Roxanne or Roxy. <laughs> Is this really your experience with horses or have you made that up? Are they really so very, very different from each other? Uh, very much so. Well, I think that animals have very, very complex personalities anyway. I also think the more you interact with them, the more the, they reveal their personalities to you. You make me feel like I'm Casey Blue in the One Dollar Horse trilogy. How do you do that? Do you have to do loads of research and interview loads of professional eventers? I have spent a lot of time around professional eventers and I've done tons of research. Firstly, that's a huge compliment. All I can say is when I was growing up, I felt so strongly about characters in my book and I felt like I was them and I love it when people say that to me now but when I write books I live the book I feel I go through pretty much all the emotions my characters do because I feel unless you are feeling what you're writing you have no chance of making your reader feel so if I'm writing a sad scene I'm probably going to be pretty sad or sometimes I make myself cry actually and if I'm writing a chase scene or something dramatic then then my heart's going to be pounding a bit Is there a reason why two of your main characters don't eat meat? I wondered if it was because you're such an animal lover. This question is from Cook on the Bright Side, who's been a vegetarian since August 2012, and she wondered if you were one too. I actually am a vegetarian, and I have been for about uh, 20 years, probably. I try not to put lots of my own opinions in my books. Well, some I sneak in, I have to admit, I do. But I have made pretty much all my characters vegetarian which is bad are you a big fan of the films national velvet and international velvet and do you think your readers of one dollar horse trilogy would enjoy those films i love both of those films and when i was growing up i watched international velvet and it had a massive effect on me because i instantly wanted to be an olympic eventer the books particularly are wonderful And I I mean, I would certainly recommend um, anybody read the books. Who has been your biggest inspiration as a writer? There's so many writers that have influenced me over the years. And and I read lots of thrillers, actually. I think it's good to read thrillers for pace. But as far as my children's books are concerned, probably my biggest inspiration is a Scottish author called Patricia Leach. When I was growing up, she wrote an amazing series about a girl in the Scottish Highlands called... The series was called Ginny at Finmori. And the first in the series is a book called um, For Love of a Horse. And that is one of my favourite books of all time. And certainly as a child, it was my favourite book. And what's your favourite animal and why? 
My favorite animals are horses, dolphins, and all cats, small cats and lions and tigers and things. What do you think is the most important animal rights issue in the world right now? And if you had a magic wand, which one would you sort? That is a very, very good question. The most critical thing in the world at the moment is definitely uh, rhino, rhino poaching. Uh, rhinos are going to be extinct literally within an, a couple of years if we if something radical does not happen. In December, I went back to Zimbabwe, where I'm from, and my sister for my birthday gave me this amazing um, present, which is we went walking with rhinos. And we went walking with these three wild rhinos that they they were orphaned. It was sort of safe to be near them, although not that safe. But we just walked, just me and my sister, we went at dawn and walked walked through the bush with them, watched them with their guide. It was just incredible. I can't even tell you how amazing it was to see these beautiful, beautiful animals. They're so prehistoric, they're so innocent. There's so many. Where to begin, but definitely I would say rhino are, are pretty critical. For more great downloads, go to theguardian.com/audio.